When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Phil Mackey. Well, size isn't everything, I guess. Judd Zulgad. He's white. As white as you folks. With empty eyes and a big hollow voice. He loved to travel around with a mean old house. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. I have a business proposition for you. I have a proposition for you. I've got a proposition for you guys. I want to hear proposition. It's Minnesota Sports Profit Time with Mackie and Judd. Look at that. I like this band. Who's this band? Do you know? No idea. Found them on YouTube. I bet they're great. That's good. Good song. I can find me that song. I like that. Uh, Minnesota Sports Profits. This has evolved. It used to just be Vikings Profits. And we said, well, why, why, are we, why are we putting ourselves in a box like that? Let's expand our palette. And, uh, and do this once a week. And so here, it's back after a couple-month hiatus. I've got two or three for you, so feel free to expand. These are, a lot of these are open-ended for discussion here, all right? Sure. Let's start with a wild-related prop bet question. If you had to place odds on the three most likely wild players to be traded this offseason by the new general manager, how would you rank those three players? The three players most likely, according to the Mackey and Judd Sportsbook, All to right. be traded from the team. Okay. Who would those three players be? I would say those players would be. I'm gonna. I'm going to throw them out and then give you odds. Okay. Uh, Jonas Brodine, because he's got value, and I think teams would actually give you. And a I don't even need return. I don't even need odds unless you oh, okay. really feel good about like okay. 90, if it's like oh ninety percent. Jason Zucker is two because he's going to be a, a restricted free agent. He's coming off a thirty plus goal season and he's going to be expensive. And I don't know, I don't know if he's a guy that that you're going to with, with your salary cap dilemma want to pay a ton to, and he would get you a nice return as well. And then uh, number three. I am going to give you a guy who I just think needs a change of scenery badly, Charlie Coyle. Charlie. Charlie Coyle. So that and and Charlie actually might be lumped in uh to maximize the value in a potential Zucker or Brodeen deal. But Brodeen, Zucker, and Coyle are my three top candidates to be traded. All right. Uh, I'll go and then and then Dave can go. I, I think Brodeen's number one as well. You're dealing from a position in which you, if Suter can come back and still play at a high level, and I mean, there's no reason to think that if he comes back, he can't still play at a high level for like three or four more years. Maybe he's not the, the same exact player, but you know, between him and then Matt Dumba is one of the best offensive defensemen in the NHL. I think you're sitting okay there. 
It's not that you're trading from a place of like complete strength depth wise, but Brodeen gives you the best chance to get a return from from that group of defensemen. I would say the next two likely. I don't know. Like I think they're gonna trade Coil, but they're not gonna like when they make those phone calls. Are they really gonna get a lot of? Takers, they're probably gonna have to attach something else. I think he gets lumped into him, a right? Brodeen, a Brodeen type of deal to to maximize the potential return. I think Coil is interesting as part two of a trade that's got a centerpiece player to it. Sure, and that makes sense. Uh, so I'm, I'll put Coil in the three, but I'm gonna put this one in the three too. Because again, if you need, if you're looking for value in return and you're looking to shake things up, you have to trade something of value. Jared Spurgeon is 28 years old. Mm. I think a, a, in his prime, really good defenseman, you could get something if you're really looking to shake things up. And it sounds like Craig Leopold is telling the new GM, shake things up. Look at this roster differently than the old guy did. Make it a tweak, but shake things up. Yeah. That's very interesting because my first thought was with Judd, Charlie Coyle. It just seems Charlie. to make sense. But Jared Spurgeon popped in my head for that exact reason, Phil, and for the reason that, hey, we like trading away great defensemen. Why not do it again, huh? For sure. Why not do it again? Exactly. It's a good point. I'd miss the commercials, though. <laughs> the air conditioning. Hey commercial. guys, we've got a great heating and cooling system in my house. Is that his real family? <laughs> yeah. It looks like yes. a bunch of paid actors. No, that's his real family. He walks in and it's like <laughs> it's like a bunch of mannequins. Just <laughs> got like, sipping sip a glass of water. Who was yeah. the marketing director that said, "Oh, let's. We need one more thing here. We need oh, just a, a glass of." A glass of water is really going to put this spot over the top. Yes. All right. Prop bet question number two for you, gentlemen. Joe Maurer currently sits at 2016 career hits. Um, I think he, he just had a birthday, right? 35, In Puerto Rico, yes. Okay, so he's getting up there. It's the last year of his contract, but still playing at a really high level. In fact, he has an on-base percentage at like 440 right now. So, over or under for Joe Maurer when, when it's all said and done, 2,500 career hits. That's exactly the number I was going to put it at doing the quick math. Three years will get you there. I think he's got three left in the tank. Yeah, it's over. Judd? Uh, the interesting part of this is my answer is over, and my answer is also, despite the fact you did not ask this question, is it doesn't happen here. So he's got. So if he's going to continue to play, uh, I think, which he probably will, and he's played pretty well the last couple of years or so. He's over, but it doesn't necessarily, or it doesn't happen as a Minnesota Twin. Man, I think it's going to be under because he he's not a guy that racks up two hundred hits. Like he doesn't play enough, and he draws too many walks. To he's replacing hits with walks. One sixty is kind of a like if one hundred sixty hits for him is a pretty good baseline so even if he were able to rack up 160 hits from this point forward this year which is going to be pretty tough if he were to average 160 hits uh from now until the end of that third year that dave said that gets him 480 which puts him just shy of 2500 i'm not sure he plays three more years if he does is he going to play enough to get there it's going to be tough for him to get i'm going to say under 2500 career hits for uh for old joe Here's another question. Like, I'll throw this out. Random prop bet. If he doesn't play for the Twins, what are the like? What are the other percent chance retirement versus percent chance another team? If the Twins say after the year, hey Joe, or let's say they go one year contract extension, then after next year, or they don't, yeah, I think it's like ninety percent retirement. I don't think he play, he's not going to go play for like 
He's not going to go play for the Padres or somebody. I don't know about that. I think he might. I think he might. I think he 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 is. He's such a Minnesota guy. I know. That's I how, agree with you there. But that's how we perceive him. But if he thinks he's got time left, so so the conversation gets to be this. Does he say, I've spent my entire career as a twin, I'm done here, and, and I am through and through a Minnesota guy, and so I'm done playing? Or, like so many pro athletes, does Joe say, well, hell, I've got two years left. If he was still catching, I think he's probably done. But he's turned himself in, into a, a really good first baseman. And he can, if he stays in the AL with a different team, could certainly go play some first NDH. I think the desire to continue to play outweighs the, I've spent my whole career as a twin, and so I'm going to retire here. I could easily see him going and spending two or three years with a, with a different team, probably in this league, to DH. But the guy's become a really good first baseman, too. So, so if you're 36-year-old Joe, do you go to a team that's rebuilding? No. No, I wouldn't want to I, I agree. Absolutely not. Because the, the, what are you chasing at that so, point? So then you go to a team that you think can win the World Series. Uh-huh. Do they want Joe? It would have to be very specific. I and, mean, you if you're going to win the World Series, you want a first baseman that can mash. Right? Or, yeah, un- unless the rest of your roster mashes and you're just looking for a, an on-base percentage, number, number, number one, number two hitter guy who can play some gold glove defense. Uh, but, I mean, like the Yankees are fine at first base. Mm-hmm. The Astros are fine at first base. There's so many teams right now because first base is not a hard position to fill either. And a lot of teams just put a guy over there from a different position because they're loaded throughout their farm system. And if you're Joe, I don't think you're going to New York or Houston or whatever just to be off the bench guy, get a couple starts a week. I just think that that the one thing about covering players consistently is the desire to play as as long as possible, which personally can drive me crazy. Yeah, but it's a desire. If you play sports, it's it's really hard to say, well, I'm still going pretty good here, and I'm productive, but I'm done. That's a really hard thing for guys to say. Actually, that's a really good transition here. Uh, I probably should have sprung this on you guys in the commercial break so you could think more, but Kurt Warner describes that exact mindset. He's 47 years old, and Kurt Warner wants to come back or at least had conversations with some anonymous coach about coming back to play quarterback in the NFL. So knowing that Kurt Warner is one of the great quarterbacks of our lifetimes when he's at his peak, when he has a you know a group around him, in today's NFL, if you gave 47-year-old Kurt Warner, <laughs> let's say the whole offseason to warm it up, to get back into whatever shape he needs to be in, I'm sure he's in shape enough to think that he can come back, right? Yeah, he's got to be. Where would he rank among quarterback options for you in the NFL, like in general? Don't give me. I don't need like an exact list of quarterbacks, but would he be top thirties? Like, would he be a starter? Would he be one? Would he be the first backup? Like, where would he rank if you ranked ninety quarterbacks up and down the league? Where would forty-seven-year-old Kurt Warner in general rank? At best, for me, backup prop bet for you. Uh, at at best, backup. Uh, I probably wouldn't do it. At forty-seven, if you had to play and took a hit in today's game, I think you'd die probably. So I I wouldn't well, but that's I the, that's the genius want to be the guy that you know accidentally said hey Kurt take a job here and now he's dead. Um, I mean Brady and Brutus rarely I, take those hits. But if I had to, but if I had to take the gamble and and I was trying to rank where I would put him, I would say as a backup. I think he's t- I think he's like fringe top fifty. I think he's like. But I mean, are you so? I put. Do you think he could start? 
if I don't think he could make it 16 games. Yeah. But I think he could I think he could get out there and and give you if he were on the field, I think he could give you more than Blake Bortles usually gives you. I might put him ahead of Blake Bortles. <laughs> Have See, you seen some of the starters in the league? Yes. I, I I might put him top, you know, right around that 30 line. I might put him there. Here's the scary thing. <laughs> if you've got an offensive line of just, you know, road graders in front of him that can protect and you can run the football. You know he can throw darts. You know he can still throw a ball. Like, yeah. he's going to be accurate. He can still throw a ball. You sign him up by just saying, Kurt, here's the thing. Count to two in your head. Balls and out. Fi- feel free to throw it away. Yeah, we don't care. Just don't get killed. The scary thing for me is if, if you told me, if you gave me the uh, reins to a pro football team and said, okay, your quarterback's going to have to be a near 50-year-old and you have one phone call to make, there's no question my call is made to the gunslinger. You're calling Favre before Warner. I'm calling Favre, yeah. Oh, I don't know, man. Because I know he could stand there. Maybe. And, and I know he could still. That arm, that arm will never ever go wow. away. He'll be 80 years old and still throw rockets. Well, I, I, <laughs> Rank him as backup options. Favre, Warner, Simeon. <laughs> I mean, it's Favre, Warner, Simeon. You just did it. I don't need to do it. But like, I can go up and down. Here. I've got a list of quarterbacks who threw passes in the league last year. Uh, 47-year-old Kurt Warner, who's been working out, let's say, for the whole summer. Okay. Or C.J. Bethard. Yeah! Give me a prize. I mean, come Iowa. on. It's like it's it's Kurt Warner. <laughs> CJ Beathard gives you zero chance. He can so, take a hit, though. Yeah. So at worst, like they're just the same. Like they'll give you zero chance. Uh, Nathan Peterman, that guy who threw five picks in the first oh, half the for Buffalo. Buffalo Bill quarterback. Like, that's a backup quarterback in the NFL yeah. right now. All right, you got to go with somebody. You, the no. season's on the line. Nathan Peterman or Kurt Warner? <laughs> you're you're bringing Kurt Warner. Yeah. Give me Favre. <laughs> give me Favre. Still <laughs> think I can't play. Think I can't come back and play oh, so for you? you? Yeah, I'm wearing my copper fit. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling good. <laughs> me, and, your... me and Jerry are going to take on this group of hillbillies here. <laughs> His whole body is wrapped in copper fit. <laughs> Amazing. Mackie and Judd now continue. I thought I'd be more excited than this. On 1500 ESPN. Say what? I was actually ready to, for this coming season, I actually talked to a coach, and my wife said, go for it. I think it would be great. So I actually talked to a coach about possibly doing it if they needed someone but then they went out and signed somebody i don't think they thought i was serious and uh so i think we're completely done now see that's the 47 year old kurt warner i think we're completely done now you, you haven't played in in seven years he's in the hall of fame he's in the hall of fame he's in the hall of fame and i think i oh nine oh nine and, so nine years and this is why i never put the ability of the pro athlete especially the great ones in their minds they're always like well i think i'm done but he's not wrong in the sense that if there are 90 quarterbacks in the league, I mean, actually, what is it? How many How many teams have, most teams have third-string quarterbacks. Let's call it 90. He's one of the 90 best quarterbacks in the world still. Kurt Warner at 47 he, is one of the 90 best well, quarterbacks in the world I, still. I think to boil that down, you what you can safely say is intelligence-wise and arm-wise, you're probably right. But then the issue is, can you actually even move to protect yourself at that age against guys who are 22, 23, right. yeah, 24? You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to be behind the Vikings offensive line from two years ago. So you'd have be to problem. be very picky. But but intelligence-wise and arm-wise, yes, he's probably in that group still. Uh, Al Strain tweets into the show here, Kurt Warner would get a look over Colin Kaepernick, guaranteed. You guys true. agree with that? I Absolutely. think that's probably true, too. Absolutely. I mean, Ka- well, Kaepernick's getting no looks. Absolutely true. And, well, Kurt Warner's getting no looks, so at the... At the very least, they're getting the same how many, looks. How many teams do, do we think are no uh, called Ka- uh, Kaepernick since the season came to an end? Well, the Seahawks, right? 
So the, the Seahawks had a... Had they had a, the meeting scheduled and they... They uh, called it off. Called it off. Because yeah. he said he wouldn't necessarily So it would basically be be a 47-year-old current Hall of Fame quarterback, quarterback and Colin got the same mm-hmm. amount of looks. What's fun about this conversation is there's really no other sport where you could do this. Although, I guess like Jamie Moyer was 47 and still sort of pitching in the major leagues. But Ichiro got to be 44 and now they've... Like he's still in uniform, but is he even on the roster he's not anymore? now, no. No. But I think he still wears a he's, uniform. He's retired for the rest of the season, but threatening to come back in 2019. Which is okay. Like, he's in. He took an administrative job last week with the yeah. M's, but he still is saying that he might come back in 2019. But at age 47, are there any other sports or positions right now? I mean, basketball, absolutely not. It's so much based on athleticism Hockey, and agility. There, there was a time, but not now. You couldn't do it now at that age. Well, Gordy Howe was like 50, But this game right? is so much slower then. Yeah. The game is so fast now. But quarterback, and it's it's obviously it's very situational even with quarterbacks because you have to be so great mentally and so great with your arm still at 47. But the fact that Tom Brady is 41 and still maybe the best quarterback in the NFL and Drew Brees is right there next to him at 40... It's amazing how it makes you think something so absurd as this guy who's been out of the league for nine years. Any other sport, if a guy came back at age 47 having been out of the league for nine years, you'd be like, wait a second. Wait, who? I'm trying to think of a pitcher. Um, like a pitcher who's been out for a while, who's in his mid to upper 40s, coming back. Pedro Martinez coming back being like, you know what? I've been warming up the old arm. I'm going to blow it. I'm going to come back. Blow this fastball right by. Yeah, it's like, Bang. no, dude, that would be a disaster. But. Yeah. But because of the way football has sort of played itself out in that position, and those those guys are mostly protected, you could you could envision it. And, and that position too, it's so hard to find guys who un, under duress can remain calm and make the correct decision. Brock Osweiler, because you have so many yeah. you have so many guys who have some talent, but they completely freak out. Uh, I'm going through. This is just a list of pass attempts in the league last year. So pass attempts. And the guys who were in the 30s, like Blaine Gabbert was 38th in pass attempts last year. One game for everything. 47-year-old Kurt Warner or Brett Favre or Blaine Gabbert. I'm not taking Blaine Gabbert. Like, I know what happens with Blaine Gabbert in that game. I know it starts with, I know what happens with C.J. Beathard in that game. I know what happens with Blaine Gabbert in that game. Just the unknown and the upside of what might happen if Kurt Warner was in that game or if Brett Favre... Well, I mean, I guess we know what happens with Brett Favre, too. Yeah, he, he makes throw, it fun for like two and a half hours then throws a devastating But it would be fun. Right. <laughs> with like, Gabbert, it would not be yeah, fun. Gabbert throws the interception in the first five minutes yeah, and, and then the game doesn't is over. string you along. So it's kind of fun. Uh, we're, getting, we're also getting emails about irony here. We challenged our listeners, take those Alanis Morissette lyrics, make them ironic. The definition, Jeff emails from Texas, the definition of irony, as Dave found it, a state of affairs or an event that seems deliberately contrary to what one expects and is often amusing as a result. Uh-huh. So a sharp opposing event, and, uh, and it has to be sort of amusing. Jeff says, it would be ironic to rain on your wedding day if you were planning a summer bathing suit wedding with sprinklers to run through after the ceremony. Okay. And that would be amusing too. But where's the line? Like that's also just bad luck. I mean, irony could can also can also blend into bad luck. Not to mention I don't want a summer bathing suit wedding <laughs> well, ceremony. Yeah, it's a little far fetched. I don't yeah. need to see the in laws all in their skivvies. Uh, no. 
Mark emails, I think right. irony would be that someone who knows what ironic means actually listens to your show. N- nice shot right there. All right. Kate tweets in, rain on your w- wedding day would be ironic if you lived in Seattle but scheduled the nuptials in San Diego because you, you were worried about it raining. Yes. Then on your wedding day, it was raining in San Diego but sunny in Seattle. Now, I That's, believe that, that is, is dead on yes. I think you, we Kate. can do that. Yes. Thank you, Kate. Very but, well done. But how do you make that rhyme for the song, though, Kate? you got to make it rhyme for the song. That's the challenge. I'm pretty sure that's how they had it written out. But but you went away to San Diego. Yeah, your whole song would 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 be just this one thing. But it would be correct. Or it would be like a 10-minute song because you'd have to expand all those things. (laughs) Maybe Pearl Jam can do it. (laughs) Just keep jamming, boys. Just keep it going. Radiohead's on it. Radiohead's all over it. She gets it, though. She got it right. Uh, what's coming up in stuff here next, Dave? A million great things, including the fracas heard around the world last night. This spat on TNT between Chuck and Shaq. And Dan Hayes in about an hour on Twins from The Athletic. Mackie and Judd are back. One of the most absurd things you can do in sports media. On 1500 ESPN. And Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by Wendy's. Try the Wendy's Southwest Avocado Chicken Salad and the Southwest Avocado Chicken Sandwich made with creamy avocados. Southwest Ranch Crisp Applewood Smoked Bacon and Pepper Jack Cheese at participating Wendy's for a limited time. We're looking to add wings. Mackie and Judd Show, give me a go, no go for stuff you should know about. Hosts, go. Producer, we're go. Technical, go. Music, go. Volume, go. The actual stuff, we are go. Control, we are a go. You are clear to launch stuff you should know about. We are go for launch. Did you say, Dave Harrigan, that there is a uh, Barkley Shaq feud? Or that there was last night? I, I did not say see that, this. Judd Zolgad playing dumb. I did not, I did not see this. No, I, I'm serious. I did not. But he didn't say that. He didn't say that in the tease. Yeah, so I would assume. <laughs> I assume that there was some type of feud. How did you know that he? I assume that I assume because I made the assumption. <laughs> I made the leap because I'm a bright guy that there was some type of feud between the two. Just said there was a little spat, a little well, fracas. Well, I thought you spatters a few. I think you connected some dots there and played well, I dumb. Did. I did. No, I'm a detective. I was a reporter before, so and I can like, take uh, what you say, like and I can some, take what you say, and I can extrapolate. I see that. some blood in the bathroom. It looks like you may have used uh, this very specific you type said, of knife. You, you, I, I believe you did use the word fracas, and I, I will did. take a fracas to be a feud of some sort between the two combatants. Well, I mean, they call it family feud. They didn't call it family fracas. I think it's a different. But at deal. times, there I, was. I mean, ask Steve Harvey. Is that ironic? At times. <laughs> I think we should call him right now. I hear he's a great guy. See, I'm sure he'll be glad to pick up the phone and answer the question. You questions. get these fracas and feuds a lot now, especially you know between Chuck and Shaq. Yep. You kind of getting bored of them? Or do they happen more than you think they do? I would get bored if they were staged. They aren't staged. No. They're, They're just what, like you know what? super mad at each in other. In 2015, there, there were a bunch. I tired of the entire thing then, so I'm done with it. Yeah. But I mean, there's only been <laughs> one two years ago, one last yeah, year, but you just know what? three this 2014 year. 2014 and 15, it got completely ruined for me, and I was done. But done. What you don't realize it's back in like the early 90s, and uh, there weren't as many, uh, obviously, ways to consume the fracases, but there was a bunch then, too. All right, this is one hell of a callback to the opening bell, but let's get to it. This was the dispute on the set of the NBA tonight on TNT last night. The topic 
was the Toronto Raptors and Dwayne Casey and DeMar uh, DeRozan kind of you know, button heads a little bit and uh, whose fault it is and does Dwayne Casey need to apologize to his star player? I don't. Uh, yes, he does. Or doesn't. Yeah, you have to, because, uh, listen, that, that, listen, if your best player, <laughs> you bench your best player. He, well, why was he benched? Uh, he, it, well, he, that's not the point. That's the point. You don't disrespect your best player. Listen. If you don't have a great relationship with your best player, you're never going to win. That's not true. Uh, he did not. That's play, not true. He did not, well, he, he, in that's your opinion. True. No, just because you say something, you're just That's not true. Me, no, and, it's not true. Me and Pat Riley never saw eye to eye and it's what happened to my man win. So it's not true what no, you're saying. Well, you it's had not to, true what you're saying. Not true. I'm just letting you know what the man on that team. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I was a role player. You're right. But you know what? That's my point. That's my point. I'm saying with your best player. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm just telling you something. Stop baby. care what you that championship. No matter how much you scream you loud, listen, that does not listen, make you right. Listen, you're wrong. Listen, you can, and that's yeah, why you ain't winning because you're a baby. Stop no, babying no, these no, players. I'm not baby, no play. You don't play. Uh, no, you don't play. You got to sit his ass down. But, period. See, uh, he got to repair. He, he ain't got to repair this. nothing. He got to stop babying the players. You got, got baby. That's no, why you ain't win. He got to. I, I didn't have Dwayne. I didn't have no, Dwayne Wade and Kobe Bryant carry me up and down the court. So why you don't win? Because three finals in BC, Chuck. Google me, Chuck. Google me, Chuck. Google me. I love when it gets personal. It was so personal. Okay. Wow. That was amazing. So did it just end there? Well, Kenny Kenny jumped in with I will say and then I will say and then it just the, the clip cuts off. I didn't see it live. I don't know what he said. Oh, and it was uh, Ernie Johnson was out last night. I think he was doing a charity or was he at the Met Gala, whatever it was. He was out. So Casey Stern Who's usually the baseball, baseball guy? Yeah, he does uh, MLB uh, radio, and but so he's used to like Pedro, and and those guys are fun and quirky. Yeah, but but it doesn't get that. The bullets don't fly quite like that. Ernie wouldn't have put up with that either. <laughs> what? Well, Ernie would have. Ernie would have. I think he would have. I, I think he would have. But I think he would have cut it off a little bit and gotten it a, a little bit more civil in a quicker well, fashion. No, what, I love it. Okay, it's but great. no, Ernie has a great sense for. Okay, this is right. entertaining. You'd be an idiot studio host to jump in at any point during that minute and a half. That was amazing I television. I know we, I, we both know one host who would jump in. Greenberg. Get up. Oh, you're right. Oh, he would have been so true. uncomfortable. Hey, 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 fellas. Whoa, whoa, fellas. Whoa. Well, if you do go Google uh, Shaq, what you'll find out is he has several championship rings, and if you Google Charles Barkley, he did not win one, but of course, they both played in the National Basketball Association. Do you guys think that Shaquille O'Neal having rings and Barkley not does that make Shaq more correct in that argument? No. Like, does it take away from Barkley's argument? Because no. I don't think it no. does. No, not and, at all. And in fact, I agree with Barkley. Yeah, I, I, I mean, agree with his point. I mean, like, the, the fact is, DeMar DeRozan's under contract for a long time, and Dwayne Casey's kind of on a hot seat. So, like, if the Raptors are going to go forward, then you do need to make sure that relationship is working well, and that's on the coach at that point. Right? They're both right. I mean, yes, you have to have a good relationship with your star, but you also can't have your star walking all over you. So, I mean, they're both right. And your star has to be better than, like, six points through three quarters of a mm-hmm. key playoff That would help. Game, for mm-hmm. sure. He has to perform <laughs> And also, Google me. Don't Google have the me. number one star of your NBA team in this era be DeMar DeRozan. Sorry. Exactly. Not good enough. Yes. So that's a front office. Towns. Now that is good enough. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, we had a no-hitter last night. We know that. James Paxson of the Mariners did it up in his home country in Toronto. But more fun than that, we also had a no-outer. And now Alex to right field. And that is gone. And the run. 
Cardinals have four home runs in the top of the first inning and a 7-0 lead. Before an out was recorded by Dylan Bundy of the Orioles, who was lifted yeah. before recording an out. What's more rare? A no outer where you give up that many home runs. Now that excites that, that gets no me excited. I think a no. I'm excited by that. A no outer where you give up four bombs the yeah. first time through the lineup is more rare, right? I think a no outer should be something we start celebrating in baseball. <laughs> I'm going to celebrate out. it as a significant <laughs> yes. milestone that rarely happens. You know, we had. Uh, I don't know if it was a no outer. It might have been a one outer at Target Field uh, when. Da- remember David Bush, pitcher for the Brewers, yes. like six or seven years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, so he was kind of teetering on the brink of, like, should he still be in the major league? Should he not? And he showed up and just got absolutely blasted. There was a couple close calls, too, that he didn't get on the corner with, like, two strikes. And the Twins teed off and scored, like, nine runs. And I just remember him, like, chirping at the manager and the umpire on his way out and maybe never pitched again. So we did see one close to that at Target Field. But it's a rare sight. You don't you see no hitters much more often. <laughs> The Players' Championship does kick off at Sawgrass tomorrow. Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods playing together Thursday and Friday. Don't forget, 1500 ESPN, that's where you go to sign up for the Majors Golf Challenge. Perhaps you can finish in the stratosphere of where I do atop the leaderboard. Uh, But I love the Mickelson-Tiger trash talk that took place yesterday. I love that we're paired together. I think it's uh, really fun. We haven't been paired together in years, and as I look at the uh, the cover of the newspaper and where where the pairing is on there and the excitement that's been going on around here, it gets me thinking: Why don't we just bypass all the ancillary stuff of a tournament and just go head to head and just have a kind of a high stakes winner take all match? <laughs> I don't know if he wants a piece of me, but I, I, I just think that uh, I think it'd be something that would be really fun for us to do, and I think there'd be a lot of interest in it if we just uh, went straight to the final round. That's very, very good from Phil. Uh, Tiger, however, did have a retort. He knows Phil's made a lot of money, endorsements, prize money. He also knows that he's made a lot more money in endorsements <laughs> and Phil and didn't prize have, money. Phil have like a major financial. Wasn't he Phil getting yeah. sued for yeah. something? He was like too. FBI was looking at yeah, yeah, yeah. He had some Phil issues. Had some bad investments. Tiger, very quick. Definitely not against that. Um, we'll play for whatever makes him uncomfortable. <laughs> Tiger, there That'd was be lots of fun. There is another Phil's one too. Gambling habits. So Tiger, they had a graphic yesterday on uh, on Sports Center. Tiger was ten and five against Phil the first ten years, and now Phil is ten and six against Tiger. So they're almost exactly even in their when they've been paired up like that. Uh-huh. And so somebody asked Tiger Woods, "Hey, uh, you know, Phil's gotten the best of you, you know, ten and six over the past ten years," and, and Tiger goes. Big picture. And the guy goes, well, actually, like, it's pretty close, big picture. Like, you guys are pretty even. He goes, no. How many tour wins? And he, like, this super condescending, like, how many tour wins? Oh, and it's like a 30-win It's gap. like 73 to 49. Tiger being like the old Tiger right there. Okay. Yeah, Condescending Tiger. A guy who's won 43 time on tour, times on tour is just getting crushed by Tiger. It's ridiculous. That's too bad. Let's talk about other teams getting crushed. Paul crosses over, raises up for another shot. A tough three, oh! and he banked it in. Chris Paul just banked in the three. Another one, his eighth in a row. That is something else, folks. 105-96. Tipped by Draymond, grabbed by Durant. Finds Curry in the middle of the pack. One dribble. It's about a 26-footer. There it is. Curry. That's his signature one there. The deep one. 81 to 60. And this place is a rocket once again.
I don't know if you're aware, but those two teams are really good. No kidding. And they the are. Rockets and the Warriors are going to meet in the Western Conference no Finals. No way, really? Yes. We play the it's entire actually year for this going surprise to matchup? It's going to happen. Crazy. No variance at all in, in that league. <laughs> it's Lack nuts. of variance kills me about basketball. <laughs> it is I'm crazy how that's okay. going to go. I'm okay. checked out. It's okay. Defend your sport. That's fine. Well, I mean, it's just in my sport. You get some Can't nice surprises. Can't wait to watch Winnipeg and Tampa Bay play for the championship. The playoffs. They. What they should have done in the Western Conference was they should have just bypassed these teams right to the Western Conference Finals and said, the winner between you two will go to the Finals. We don't even need the first two rounds. Let's pull casual fans or even like no hardcore fans. sports fans who no listen to, to our show. Can uh, can over under three and a half players on the Tampa Bay Lightning? Which will Oh, you're not, go- well you're not going to the old Royce name players, are you? Can you even name five players on the Lightning? You watch hockey all the time. I'm talking about the fact that my Name sport, my sport has variance and your sport is as predictable as possible. I think they should have just put them right in the Western Conference Finals. Wow, dodging the question. I think dodging they should have the put them right in the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> By the way, uh, isn't it amazing? Chris Paul is first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the greatest point guards of all time. And this is his first trip to the Conference Finals in his like 12-year, 13-year career. Yeah. That's impossible. Uh, but the Hornets were terrible when he was with the Hornets and he was the only good player there. Uh, the Clippers were kind of a disaster, and Blake Griffin was hurt all the time, and mm-hmm. now here he is, finally with a team that can take him to the third round of the playoffs. I'll watch now. Are you writing down back. Tampa Bay players I'm right now? I'm writing down off the top of my head Tampa Bay players to prove that I can name five without a problem. The NHL so, roster pulled up. So watchable. It's such a, you got to watch it. I don't even know who the players are. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> Nikita so Kucherov. Okay. Okay. <laughs> J.T. Miller, former Ranger, now playing for Tampa Bay. That's one. Ryan McDonough, the same thing. Ryan McDonough. Creighton Durham Hall, Ryan McDonough. Steven Stamkos. Of course. uh, Goaltender Andre Vasilevsky. And uh, Mikita Kucherov, forward. Well done. There it well is. All Thank right. you. Boom. I did not look. To be very clear, I did not look. I got you. I got you five. I got you five. I got you five. Tampa Bay Lightning without a problem. My sport has beautiful variants too. Beautiful variants. Beautiful variants. All right. All right. The sport of beautiful variants. Embrace yes. the variants. Ah, yes. Embrace, embrace. Let's talk about embraces. You know where I go for good relationship news? Good nuggets about relationships from celebrities? I don't go to Us Weekly. I don't go to People Magazine. I go to Auto Week. Wow. Auto Week Magazine, baby, because they were talking with uh, they were talking with the Patricks, Danica. Aaron Rodgers, and of course, Daddy Patrick, TJ. Aaron Patrick. Who described the uh, very first meeting he had with A-Rodg, Packers quarterback, who's been dating his daughter. Actually, the first time we met, I told the kids I was going to wear my Brian Erlacher jersey and tackle him. TJ recalled to Auto Week. Referring, of course, to the Bears linebacker, Hall of Famer. Couldn't find it. Aaron walked in and asked, where's the jersey? I told him I couldn't find it. He said, I would respect you a lot more. If you had it on, wow, that's uh, that's something right there. Really? That's I, re- well, okay. We're gonna find out if that relationship is real. When does when's training camp report day for the Packers? Like probably July twenty eighth yeah, or something. Yeah, July. I'm sure. If that relationship makes it to July twenty eighth, or maybe that's the first checkpoint, and then week one is the second checkpoint. I say then that it's maybe for real. I say it gets to um, week five or six and ends then, and that's it. Yeah. And it'll end on, you know, it's, 
too is, much is drama Ricky here. Stenhouse going to gonna get back in the picture? Too much drama. You think Ricky Stenhouse Jr. just drives by, <laughs> drives by Danica's house? He whizzes right drives by. through Green <laughs> Bay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in his NASCAR. Keeps going, keeps going by at 110 in his, miles in an hour. In his full uniform. He's got the net. whole fire suit on. <laughs> Gets out of the car with a helmet. And I love it. you. <laughs> got, got to use the bathroom. Been in here for four hours. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Dan Hayes in 45 minutes to talk twins. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. I like these guys, but sometimes they think they're too damn smart. Mackey and Judd. Dummies. Mm-hmm. On 1500 ESPN. Join 1500 ESPN and Twin Cities in motion this Thursday tomorrow for a post-race festival after running along the riverfront. In the Medtronic TC One Mile, find us, 1500 ESPN at Mill City Museum. For the J.P. Morgan Chase & Company post-race festival, we'll have plenty of station swag from 1500 ESPN. There will also be a cash bar, food trucks, DJ, and more. Head to the website, 1500ESPN.com, uh, keyword events for more details. Tipped by Draymond, grabbed by Durant. Finds Curry in the middle of the pack. One dribble, it's about a 26-footer! There it is. That's his signature one there. The deep one. 81 to 60. And this place is a rocking once again. You know what? Uh, so the, the Western Conference playoffs may, maybe would have been a little less predictable if Ricky Rubio were healthy for the Jazz, which is my favorite new Twitter search. You can just search if Ricky Rubio and see all of these people. Lamenting. Yeah, I mean it's true. What what if he had been healthy? Here it is. I'm, I'm just I'm literally just going to read you here uh, some tweets, random tweets from from people watching the game last night. Uh, Jazz bowed out in five games. Rubio didn't play in the whole series because of a hamstring injury. Thank you, Ricky. This is people tweeting at Ricky. Thank you, Ricky. If you were able to play in this Houston series and everyone stayed healthy, we would have won the series. Uh, oh man, Ricky! If only you didn't have that hamstring injury. Uh, here's more. We There's like won the series. <laughs> yeah, sure you would have won the series. This Rockets Jazz series would have been very different if Ricky Rubio hadn't strained his left hamstring. Here's another one. If Ricky Rubio was playing, it would have gone to at least seven games. That's kind of the story of Ricky Rubio's career, isn't it? Well, one, it's not true. On his gravestone, it'll say, if Ricky Rubio yeah. were healthy, dot, dot, dot. But one, it's not true. If he had, pl- if he had played in the series, it they might have won an extra game. Might have gone six. Here's my my favorite NBA talker of the past two or three days has been this: Should the Raptors blow it up because they can't get past the Cavs? <laughs> have you looked at LeBron James? Who's gotten past him? Like yeah, like the, what like Eastern war, what Eastern Conference team? Tibbs Tibbs Bulls did not the 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 Washington. Wizards were very good at one time. Guess who they ran into? LeBron's, LeBron and I think the Cavs at the time. My point being is we're having these in-depth conversations. Should Dwayne Casey be fired and, and, and after the Raptors changed all this stuff, do they now have to blow up the entire thing? Okay. All you have to do is if LeBron leaves Cleveland and he goes to the Western Conference and you're the Raptors, you're going to be in decent shape. If he doesn't leave, you are going to run into the exact same problem Short of making some type of mega trade to get three all-stars, it's just amusing to me that we're actually focusing on what can the Raptors do. Yeah. There's nothing they can do to get by LeBron James. Sometimes there's no answer, right? Correct. Like, oh, man, we got what, what can we do? And He's that good. And the only answer over the past seven, there was that Mavericks team like nine years ago, that, that or eight years ago, that beat a youngish LeBron when he, his first year with the Heat. 
But since then, the teams that have beat a LeBron James team in the playoffs, and it's always in the finals because he's been to the finals for like seven straight years, it's Dynasty San Antonio Spurs, and it's Dynasty Golden State Warriors, right? Am I missing a team? It's Dynasty Spurs. I don't think so. Dynasty Warriors. And it's not teams in your conference. Right. So like this whole thing of the torch has now been passed to the Toronto Raptors is not going to happen until LeBron James either uh, departs Cleveland and goes to the Western Conference and or just retires from basketball. So like what if if that's the te- if LeBron is the team that you keep running into with the Cavs or the Heat and the only teams that are beating his teams are some of the greatest collections of all time or in the Spurs case one of the greatest systems of all time for 20 years you might just have to shrug your shoulders and be like well I guess this is kind of we're, we're no no different than the Utah Jazz of the '90s. No different than uh, you know some of these other teams that kind of came up in in the Michael Jordan era. Mm-hmm. It's hard, but it's got to be hard when you're a coach and you're a front office and you know that your collection isn't good enough to beat a LeBron team. And then beyond that, a LeBron team's not good enough to beat the Warriors. So you're really actually two steps away from where you want to be. But what are you supposed to do? Just fire people? This is this goes but back to my theory. Does that make any of, sense then? Like some like organiz- is Dwayne Casey a bad coach because of this? No, he's not. He's not. Right. But Dwayne Casey's going to get punished, and maybe one of their players. And I could see. All right, maybe we had to shuffle things up. Kyle Lowry's like thirty-one, making thirty-four million. Let's go get younger so we can outlast LeBron James. I could see that as and a strategy. That's a tactic. Yes. But to frame Dwayne Casey as anything other than a great coach, he's well, not the best coach, but he's a top eight coach in the NBA. I think. And. And to to Krasinski's point about the the Wolves and the fact that the way they're constructed, they have to win now, that's the danger. Mm -hmm. Do you really look at this team and say, Golden State and Houston, bring them on? I think the only answer is to a certain degree to outlast those teams and to be coming up the hill as they're starting to go down. If you say to yourself, in 2018-19, we have to contend against those two teams and beat them, I don't give you a chance in hell of doing that. Yeah, you, you just have to wait them out. I mean, the Rockets are a little different. The Rockets, people are crowning the Rockets because of their regular season. We're going to find out here over the next two weeks who the Rockets are. But between the two teams, you've got enough there where it's going to be very difficult. Yeah. Sometimes your reality, and it sucks as a fan base, it sucks Like if you're a Wolves fan right now. Right now, your current reality is you can't beat the Warriors. You can't. You can't beat a LeBron team in a seven-game series. Can you craft your organization in a way that rides out those storms for two or three years, and then you're ready to take the crown in, like, 2021. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that applies directly to the Wolves, too. By the time the Warriors, unless there's an injury or strife that causes a breakup, by the time the Warriors are ready to go give over the Western Conference crown, unless the Rockets take it, in which case, okay, same problem. James Harden's, like, 20, 29, 28. Uh, Jimmy Butler's going to be in his 30s. Yeah. So... That's a, that's tough. Like you want the Wolves to get better, but if LeBron James and his teams can't beat that team, you think that like a young Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler and the is awesome, but he is, ain't LeBron James is you're constructed to do it right now, and I don't think that you have a chance to to win right now. I think you have a you chance leave, to be a nice team, yeah. but not to beat those teams. You should definitely leave yourself with future outs. Like you shouldn't you shouldn't just play all your cards right now. You should. That's that's my one worry about trading Andrew Wiggins. That you know maybe he does get better in the in the future. But you you go with the all in move now just to get an extra round in the playoffs and get beat, and then all you're left with in three years is Carl Anthony Towns and a new regime or something. So um, let's switch gears. Let's talk some Twins when we come back. It's interesting to look at the Twins record without Miguel Sano, which we'll tell you when we get back here. But if you were to rank the top ten players in the Twins organization based on 
value. Just and that's kind of a vague definition, but the top ten most valuable players in the organization. Where would Miguel Sano rank? Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studio.